0: Entrepreneurs, business owners, professionals who seek excellence, bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builder Show.
1: Here's Marty Wolf. We still got a long way to go. Yes, we all got a long way to
0: go.
2: Welcome to the Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf, and today with our guest host, Jay Kelly Hoey. Along with Kelly and our executive producer, D.C. Taylor, we will be your guys on this learning journey. To learn more about Kelly, check out her website at jkellyhoey.co. That's jkellyhoey.co. Okay, Kelly, let's get the conversation going.
0: Thanks, Marty. This is Kelly Hoey, guest host of the Business Builder Show, and I am absolutely thrilled today to have my friend Nisa Amoyles on here. Hey, Nisa, how are you?
1: Good. Hi, Kelly. So happy to be here.
0: So for those who don't know, other than the fact that she is my friend, uh, she's a former securities lawyer. She is an early stage investor, uh, in something called frontier technology, which we will dive in to figure out what that is. Uh, she's a regular on CNBC and MSNBC, Fox cheddar, and all sorts of others, uh, sits on various boards and institution, including Wharton entrepreneurship. So yeah, you know something about this subject, uh, and uh, holds a business degree from the university of Michigan, uh, um, and a lot of grief in the University of Pennsylvania. Whoa! All right. And more importantly, why? One of the things we're going to talk about today. Why you're here is your new book. Because you know you're not like you don't have enough going on. Uh, WTF? Women tech founders on the rise. You know what is happening. We're going to learn all about it. Um, but with all you've got going on, and particularly, I know what it takes and the involvement of being an early stage investor. Why did you write this book? And what do you hope it will do?
1: Yes, absolutely. Well, you're part of my inspiration, Kelly. I wrote this book because I was last year meeting with a very large um, fund in the blockchain space. And I asked the male partner, how many female founders are in your portfolio? And he said, does that exist in this sector? So I thought it was a moral imperative that I needed to write it and uh, of course it does exist there are tons of amazing female founders in frontier tech it's just that they don't get as much attention as some of the other female founders so i decided it was very important to shine a light on them as well as make the business case for why it's so important to be investing in them for the future
0: and I'm part of me, of course, if my hair is lighting on fire, when someone's like, do, do they exist? I remember a conversation I had with an investor when I was doing this startup accelerator. And he said, well, I meet every every single startup in New York. How are you going to like, why are you going to get something different? And I thought, oh, my God, the arrogance to think, you know, everybody. Wow. Right.
1: Exactly.
0: <laughs> OK, we've said it twice now. What the heck is Frontier Tech for those who don't know?
1: So frontier tech is just a term used to describe technology that's emerging and disruptive. And I think it's categorized to be the different um, categories that actually I write about in the book, which are robotics and drones, virtual and augmented reality, autonomous mobility, um, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and blockchain and cryptocurrencies. Those
0: those would be all sorts of things to dive into. Um, uh, so, okay, there we go. There's, there's front. And why were you attracted to all of that? Why that v- versus, you know, I, let's just ask sort of the female investor thing. Why those categories versus, you know, e-commerce?
1: Right. Well, I started off as a generalist investing in all kinds of areas. And so I started to gravitate more towards this area, I'd say, about six, seven years ago, Mostly just because I found it to be more interesting about building the future. And instead of correcting problems that have already happened, like in finance and in tech, where we have such low percentages of women, I thought that there would be a clean slate going forward in something new um, where you know, women would have some equal opportunity, so that we wouldn't have to be fixing these problems, that we could create them in, in a better way.
0: I'm going to say create solutions versus, yeah, kind of mop, mop, mopping up once again. Right. Um, we're going to talk about your book. But first of all, let's just dive into this. Where can people find you? Where can they find the book?
1: So, the best place to find the book is probably Amazon. Um, and it's a bestseller. So, that, that was exciting. And Congrats, congratulations. That's thank awesome. You. Uh, the best place to find me is probably Twitter. Adam Oyles, Nisa, or LinkedIn. Those are the platforms I tend to spend the most time on.
0: Awesome. And we will put links to the book and your Twitter account and LinkedIn profile website, all that good stuff in the show notes for this show. Um, okay. Let's dive into your book. Um, as you say, on page 22, women are creating Jetson-esque, for those old enough to remember the Jetsons, Uh <laughs> The Jetson-esque future for us today, um, there's a perception of the types of companies women start and the reality you share in your book. Talk about some of the companies uh, in the book that you have, and you've kind of hinted at it, but give us some examples from the book of some of these Jetson-esque technologies women are creating.
1: Sure. Well, um, so there are 13 women profiled in the book. Eight of them are primarily using blockchain technology um, that would be in remittances or payments like BitPesa and Elizabeth Rosiello. It could be in supply chain disruption, um, for example, what Leanne Kemp does with Everledger and the diamond industry. And um, it could also be just um, building out, you know, new exchanges for cryptocurrencies or Um, new data platforms like um, Tong Tong Gong from Amber Data does. Um, On the other hand, it could, you know, be in, in realms of virtual reality like Carrie Shaw did with Embody Labs. And she has a really unique story because her mother was sick and she became the primary caretaker and she wanted to have a better understanding from the patient's point of view about how to help her. And so she, she actually created this virtual reality platform where you can experience what it's like to be the patient as a caregiver. Um So I think that's really amazing.
0: Okay. So um, I had to mute, mute myself because of course I was screaming like, holy shit. Like, yeah, it, we want we, to we think of virtual reality. We're thinking like avatar and let's go play a game or let's, oh yeah, we're going to be on the battlefield. But to put yourself in the shoes of a patient so that you can have m- so much more empathy and understanding. that's incredible,
1: yeah. and 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 a lot of what virtual reality does as a platform is about empathy, which why I think it's so important that more women go into that field because they're they're known for that, more so. And um, you don't want to get into situations. Uh, that I've seen where you know your avatar uh, is being groped in a game you know (laughs) that that's not the way we want to use this technology going forward we want to use it for constructive purposes
0: yeah we got enough of the me too problem in the real world we don't need it (laughs) we don't need it in the virtual world too thanks very much um, on that one like that's incredible um For those who are like listening to the show and thinking, oh, my God, these women are creating these amazing things, but I can't do that. I don't have a, you know, tech background. Want to bust that myth on creating a breakthrough company in terms of what kind of experience you need to have to, I want to say, to give you the right credentials to be a, a, a founder in Frontier Tech?
1: Sure. I mean, yeah, that is that is a common myth that you have to have a STEM degree, right? Science, technology, engineering, math. And, you know, a lot of women have that, uh, which is great. And we, we want to encourage more young women to go into those fields. And the way it's marketed right now, it's kind of intimidating, but... If, you, if it's marketed in a way that, oh, you are able to envision a future and then you can actually have the tool set to build that future, that's a lot more appealing for um, young women to go into. But there are plenty of women in the book who just had either design degrees or business degrees or, you know, had no technical computer science background, cryptography background, none of that and still, are building amazing, successful companies. So, I don't think it's necessary, and it's also definitely not necessary to be an investor in the space to to have that degree either, as as I can attest to.
0: Yes, look, you know, yeah, I was saying, you know, I say there's got to be a, a healthy dose of curiosity and a willingness to learn and critical thinking and right. you know, those so-called soft skills. Um, I think one of the women you highlighted. Um, particularly in terms of not having a tech background, was um, Olga with her company, Lobster. Do you want to just tell her about what, mm-hmm. what, what her background?
1: Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. She had a, a design background. She wanted to um, use images in advertising that were um, like uh, not so uh, just one-dimensional that represented the broader population, and so she used artificial intelligence to create algorithms that would pick images for ad, for ads that are that are more diverse. Um, so I I think it's an amazing use of artificial intelligence, actually. Yeah, Dan, yeah. Some of these some of these
0: simple problems. Let me remind everyone again. Speaking with. Nisa Amols, the author of uh, Women Tech Founders on the Rise, WTF is happening, and a lot is happening, and it's exciting stuff. Marty, you're being terrifically quiet in the background. I, you know, you might have been having your holy m- moment when you know talking <laughs> about all of this stuff. But what's going through your mind, Marty?
2: I'm I'm ready. Um, welcome, Nisa. It's Great to have you.
1: Thank you uh, I did read,
2: I did read the book, and uh, just a quick comment and, and comment, and then uh, well, I guess two comments. The depth and the breadth of the interviews were very impressive in the book. different countries, different cultures, different backgrounds um, and I particularly liked, and I probably won't get the name right, Fatima hamdami da, Hamdani, I can't say it, cross aerospace. I love that right. Say the mm-hmm. name for me, so I get it right.
1: Yeah, Fatima Hamdani.
2: There you go. And what I really like is, in you start off this chapter talking about her. She says, I was born in India, but grew up in Dubai. I always felt I was an expatriate there. So I moved to India to complete both a master's in hospital administration and an MBA. I didn't feel at home in India either. Only when I moved to New York 19 years ago did I feel I had arrived at home and then also on page 79, what she says is uh, also, always, always focus on the so what of technology. Don't build something just because it sounds cool. Would you like to respond to that last comment?
1: Mm-hmm. I love that, by the way. That's something I say all the time to uh, blockchain entrepreneurs. Uh, don't, don't build it just because you can. Uh, build it to actually solve a problem or to... Make people's lives better. Uh, I love her interview. I love that New York became her home. Woo hoo! Um, yeah, it's it's just amazing. And there's so few women in general in aerospace, in in um, you know flight, in uh, in general. It was hard to find. <laughs> so I was really glad to have her in the book because it, there's so much happening right now jetson-esque with vertical takeoff and landing mm-hmm. uh you know i just read this morning that bloomberg did a whole uh, spread on that about all the companies building these uh passenger drones that um soon you know will be flying to our offices right <laughs> instead of taking ubers or uber elevate we'll be using so i just <laughs> i just love that part of uh I love the Jetsons growing up and I love that, you know, in our lifetimes we could see something like that happening.
0: Okay. I love the Jetsons too. I'm waiting for the maid. Can we just get, <laughs> get seriously? Like I you know, buzzing off to the office. You know what? I'm I'm good with my feet in the subway. The maid I could really go for.
1: <laughs> right. And that's that's already almost possible with these these very lifelike robots. Um, and with artificial intelligence intersecting there, that's, you know, we're, we're hopefully all going to have those made soon, right? That would be nice. (laughs)
0: That, that, that would be be good. Um, one of the things I think that comes through with all of these women, and I hate using this word, it's, it's passion. Um, but that drive is essential if you're going to persist in face of all these odds as an entrepreneur, talk about how passion is fueling these women uh, to success.
1: Yeah. I mean it's like going back to Carrie Shaw's story it's personal right it's it's her mother she's sick she's you know determined to find the solution i think you have to all entrepreneurs any gender you you know it is overused but it is true because there's so many obstacles in your way you just have to keep on getting up every day keep trying um you know forget yesterday and and look forward to the present moment and, um, just ta- tackle those small obstacles as they come.
0: Yeah. Cause if you focus on the big ones, you'll never get started. Right. Uh,
1: what are the lessons in uh, WTF for,
0: you know, future leaders, for, you know, for, for younger women? Cause I know that was a important audience for you.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it is, you know, to, to get enter into these fields, it's hopefully they they get inspired by these stories and, and more of them want to, um, join in. And it's really the the main other purpose of the book is that, um, as you know, women still receive only 2% of all funding, um, despite uh, all of these achievements and all the data in the book about how they outperform. And so it's really about um, how do you get a macro reallocation of capital to these women um, and what's happening now is good, there's more female angels, there's 80 gender lens funds, there's all these alternative models for financing, but that 2% number never moves. And so in order for it to move, it really has to come from the real um, pensions, endowments, sovereign wealth funds, the real holders of capital, recognizing that if they're seeking alpha, this is a place that they should be investing in. It's not really even about, um, you know, impact or or moral imperative. This is this is about making money. Um, yeah. If you're not looking here, you're missing out.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's like sort of a poor, poor investment thesis not to invest in women that way. And, I, and what I would add on to that is, is yes to the big endowments, uh, yes to the big uh, pension funds. Um, but you know, they're, they're, they're made up of tiny investors. And so all the people out there who are putting their money into things, they should be demanding, you know, kind of explanation of, you know, why the pa- why past pattern matching in terms of who, um, these institutions are investing in, um, and, uh, yeah, get some more diversity there. Cause it's frankly just gonna be better for your portfolio. Um, why do you think it's so hard for male investors to find and fund women led companies?
1: Yeah, I mean you, you know you've heard this many times is that uh, I can't find them where are they you know that there's a pipeline problem that that there's so few of them but if you're looking in all the same places that you're traditionally looking in you're never going to find them right so it's 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 about looking in different places and and committing to um to that goal, right? And I know people try, and then they say things like, well, but that woman didn't have that one skill that I was looking for on my list. Um, well, you know, maybe there's 10 other ones that she did have um, right. that, that, you know, you and, and, even... and
0: show me And show me that every male in your portfolio has also checked all those boxes. <laughs> that's right,
1: that's right, yeah.
0: Oh, the things we could go off on. Right. Um, I got one more question. Marty, you got any more questions? Because I want to give you time.
2: Uh, well, thank you for that. Uh, just just another cu- quick it, comment. It is, your, it
0: is your show, after all. I like yeah. to be a little thirsty. <laughs> well, thank
2: space. you. Um, Rachel Thomas. Uh, I loved all of them, but I'm pointing out a couple of things. Uh, fast.ai. Uh, and you're kind of saying this, but in page 147, she says, uh, secondly, learning is not a race. I love that thought process, Nisa. Is uh-huh. that you got to You got to study. You got to learn. You got to maybe not succeed, and you got to keep going. And she talked about taking a class, and and she said, "Well, you know, I didn't really hate it that, but then I got a new instructor. I look at it a different way, and voila, here I am uh, taking a real analysis course. Uh, I love that thought process."
1: Yeah, <laughs> she's gone on to teach others about artificial intelligence too, yeah. which is amazing.
2: Yeah, exceptional.
1: Uh, it, I mean, and how you become the best learner is by being a teacher. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's, it's definitely a process. Yep. And yeah, it's a great quote.
0: And you just, you know, like, again, I think when you see people succeeding, you know, those who continually invest um, in their own education and learning, um, not just sort of, okay, I've arrived, you know, that's the end. And you know what, maybe... It, we we kind of brush it off or maybe we just sort of like why doesn't everyone do this nisa because we come from the practice of law where we practice law you know, there's never like an ultimate destination of like never having to learn so i don't right. know uh, i don't understand the lack of investment in in that education and in being a constant learner
1: yeah. Well, I often say that being, uh, you know, so heavily focused as a blockchain investor, it's a learner's paradise because it's changing so fast. It's mm. changing every day. Mm-hmm. And um, I I think it's really, you know, as you say, like law school teaches you how to think more than anything else. And And, you know, every day there's some... Regulatory intervention that uh, is happening in that space, so it's really exciting.
0: Well, I mean, there's there is a great way to kind of sift out what who are the invest, uh, the uh, founders that you want to invest in. Given that at the early stage, it's always about the team. Is are they a team of learners? And I I love that that you just said blockchain is a learner's paradise. So there's a tidbit I'm going to take. If anyone pitches you on blockchain, if they don't, if the team's not a bunch of curious learners. You know, run. <laughs> Right, exactly. Um, all right, I got to ask you the big cast question. What innovations and disruptive technologies are you most excited about right now?
1: Oh, didn't I already give it away? <laughs> 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 yeah, um, I mean, all of the... Blockchain is a tool for democratizing access to capital, really taking what the Jobs Act did a few years ago with crowdfunding and putting that on steroids, uh, making... Um, you know, transfers of private equity, uh, more liquid, more transparent, more automated, uh, and more trustworthy, I think is huge. So so what the internet did to uh, media, which, you know, we were around back then, um, this is not the first rodeo. This is happening now. It is disrupting financial services and other areas. But uh, I think that is the most exciting thing is, you can be literally, um, you know, uh, from Uganda and and running your own business and investing in some private equity deal uh, in the United States, and then having that token be liquid within a year and being able to trade it on exchanges. Like, wow, that's wow. that's wow. really incredible innovation
0: wow well uh, even i was like even just the liquidity on it is is amazing by the fact you'd be anywhere and that you have it's trusted and secure and all the rest of it amazing Mm -hmm. stuff um it has been such a pleasure my friend to well one hear your voice not just see your tweets um and um congratulations on having this best-selling book kudos for writing it i know what it takes to do all that so uh We will put the links on the show. We'll get you to come back, talk more blockchain and exciting stuff. And uh, thank you so much for being on the
1: Business Builder Show. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure.
2: Thank you so much for listening to the Business Builder Show. To learn more about me and I'm Marty Wolf, go to Marty Wolf dot com. That's Marty Wolf Business To learn more about Kelly Hoey, go to her website, which is JKellyhoey.co. That's J Kellyhoey.co. And of course you can find Kelly and Marty on LinkedIn and Twitter. A reminder, you can find all our business builders shows on iTunes, Spotify, and on your favorite podcast app.
0: Bringing the business classroom to you, it's the Business Builders Show with Marty
2: Wolf.